One, two, three, four, five. Welcome back to the TMCJ podcast. We are on episode 36. Uh, An- three episodes another- from the golden number. No, wait. No, 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 we're not. No, we're, not. We're, we're, we're 33 episodes. I, I'm glad you knew what I was talking about. <laughs> I knew what you were going for. Your map Wow, my, my head is just really not woken up. Holy crud. <laughs> Uh, unlike, you know, in diametric opposite to last week, where we recorded this thing about three hours later oh. than usual, this morning we started recording at, uh, 7.24, so. Tell you one thing, I've been drinking so much coffee during the week recently. Yesterday, it was like the first time I didn't have coffee in, like, three weeks or something stupid. And yeah. my head was just in hell. Like. <laughs> you, you get uh. used to it when you have, like, a lot of it. Yeah. I mean, I, that, I, that's why I, like tea like tea tea is the caffeinated thing i drink and i i have like at most like black tea in the morning and maybe like a little bit of green tea in the afternoon after lunch if i'm feeling particularly lethargic mm. but any more than that even that much and i'm i'm wired all night but yeah you the, the more you have it the, your body's just like oh, i need, I need it <laughs> yep okay anyway so <laughs> Uh, you you had a topic yep. that you uh, seemed very enthusiastic about, so yep. why don't you lead us in? So, this topic, uh, it started early um, last week, I guess, and I the, a goal was set for Kaiser, and he's clearly forgotten about it. <laughs> oh? What was uh, the goal? And that was, I had been watching a YouTube video about the, um, the origin story of loot boxes. And pay-to-win transactions. Shit, you and did I tell me that. Tasked Kaiser with working out what the earliest. No. Possible... I didn't forget about it. Okay. I I thought about it, and I think I came to my conclusion. But, like, I didn't I didn't do any research. No, no. It was specifically I I wanted to see if I could remember it without having to look it up. Yeah. Well. <laughs> This may be a bit of a cop-out answer, okay. but honestly, I think it was one of the early FIFA games. Right. I don't know which one. I'm going to say, like, FIFA 2011 or something like that. Okay, well... It... Right, bear in mind, I haven't watched the YouTube video for, for a good week now, at least, as well. Uh, it was <laughs> it was indeed a FIFA game. Um, oh, yes! But... The first ever ones, they were not pay real money. The first ever ones oh. were, um, like, you earn them through in-game rewards. Right, which is which is fair. I kind of like that. I mean, I'm okay with loot boxes as long as you... Even even the ones that cost money, as long as, like, they... God, this is how a customer come to it. No, fuck it. I'm not okay if they cost money. I'm okay if it's, like, an in-game thing. Yeah. And they, um, they, they, there was kind of three three kinds of packs, which was, like, the cheap, easy one, where you'll get lots of common cards. Then there's one where you'll have a couple of rare cards, and then there's one which will be, like, all rare cards. And they, you know, value differently, depending. Um, yeah. And, yeah, it was, it was literally... Uh, I don't, it's not Ubisoft, it's not the one I'm thinking of. EA. EA, yeah. And then every single game after that, really, they kind of were implementing this this function. Um, yeah. So when when did which FIFA game was it? Do you know? I think it was. 
I don't know why I've got 2006 in my head. Um, okay, so I, I was even saying it was too late. But the, the thing about, like, I, I'll admit that the only reason I was able to guess that is I just thought, like, okay, loot boxes are scummy. Who's the scummiest video game company out there? EA. Okay, what's a game that this would, like, go into really easily? A sports game. It's like, well, it can't be, like, a football game like Madden, because that would only ha sell in the U.S., so it has to be something international. That's why Madden, I went with FIFA. I think Madden got them pretty quickly. It, well, it, yeah, it did. Um, I, I know they have them now, or I'm pretty sure they have them now. I remember reading one time, some some guy in... It was, it was somewhere in either mainland Europe or the U.K., and he... He had, like... He had to go to, like, therapy or something, because he had spent, like, 11,000 euros on FIFA loot boxes in one year. Sorry, how much? 11,000 euros Jesus. in one year. Like, it just... Ugh. I mean, the guy had a gambling addiction. Yeah, or he just had way too much cash on hand. It, it is very literally gambling. In fact, no, it, it's it's not even gambling these days. Some some I agree are gambling, like CS:GO. Yeah. That's gambling. But for the most yeah. part, it's not gambling because you can't actually get any money back. Like it's not possible to get any I, money back. I disagree that that's not gambling because, I mean, you can, you're still getting something of value. Well, no, you're so not. Really? You are though, because they they clearly have a monetary value. They have a rarity. They they have like even if it's just like an emotional value, um, you're still like you're paying money on a game of chance, paying real money on a game of chance to potentially earn something of value. So that that's like in Japan, like pachinko parlors. They're not allowed to give you actual cash, but you can get like prizes and stuff. Now some of those prizes you can exchange for money, but. It's still a form of gambling. Uh, I, I would say it's worse than gambling, personally. Um, because, I mean, unless you sell your account, which I'm pretty sure in most games is illegal. Um, yeah. Then there is absolutely zero methods of getting, part, getting your actual hard-earned value money back. Right, but... You, you, <laughs> the whole point of gambling is a lot of the times you can't. That's how, like, casinos function. Um, like your your money's just gone. Well, no, you I, do get I, you, like you cash back in after you've got your chips. Yeah, well, what if you lose them all? That, well, that's yeah, the main that's point. The gamble. But like, at least you have a chance of making money. Whereas some games you pay in, and there is literally zero chance of getting any money back because you cannot rechange so, it for money. I I completely disagree. I think that gambling, like. It, what what defines gambling is you are risking something of value on a game of chance to potentially get something valuable on the other end, some kind of a prize. Yeah, something now, more valuable back. No, no, not even more valuable, potentially, but yeah. But the for the people who play these games, like an ultra-rare football person is potentially more valuable than that $2 they put in. That That's my point, is I think... You're, you're limiting the scope by defining it as money. I think it's something valuable goes in, game of chance, there's a potential for something valuable on the other side. I would call that just buying. Buying with chance, in fact. Well, <laughs> well, no, that's... But by that the, same logic, like... Something. 
Imagine just going to Target and it's like, yeah, I'm gonna buy this T-shirt. You have a one in five chance exactly. of actually getting that's the T-shirt. That is that, what that's it not, is. That's gambling. No. That, that is literally gambling. No. The 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 thing that defines gambling is the chance, the risk that you might not get anything. But I do like that that marketing thing. I think that's going to be something <laughs> sleazy that EA pulls out next. It's like gambling. It's buying with chance. That is what it is. Ah. That's what gambling is. No, you've just defined gambling using different words. Because you can get more money back when you gamble. Like that's what the gamble <laughs> part is. It's not murder. It's re- life relocation. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah. All right. Agree to disagree on that. Um, because <laughs> otherwise we're going to be on that all day. But yes. Um, it's not eviction, it's enforced camping! The, uh, but yeah, then obviously, like, of course, loot boxes have evolved since, yeah. since then. So let's go through the stages of it, I think. So it started off being an in-game thing. You put time in, and then that got you more cards so you could play the game more. I think across the board, all game is absolutely fine with that, right? Yeah, I mean, like I, like I said earlier, I'm I, I, when you take the monetary aspect out of it, then yeah, I'm, I'm taking I'm okay the teeth out. Um, yeah. So then it went to spending a little bit of real world. Mo- I think that was the next step was spending a little bit of real money for the same function, right? Yeah, I, I mean, but you, was... you saw it in a couple. Yeah, you just basically you could you could earn them, and they had like a reasonable rate of return on like getting valuable things. But if you wanted, you could pay like a dollar, and you would you know earn them quicker or something like yeah, that. But which... it was still kept to single player games at this point. Was it though? Yeah. I mean, first of all, FIFA isn't a single player game. I think it was back then, or at least if it's like. Uh, it would have been local the multiplayer. System, then they'll both yeah. have access to the cards, so it doesn't matter. Well, but 2006, that was like, you're getting to could... close to the height of uh, Xbox Live. Like, I'm trying to remember when the Xbox 360 came out, but I like 2006 was when I was a junior in high school, and that was like, we were playing Xbox Live like all the time. Mm. Like, Halo 2 was the game at that point. So there was online multiplayer. Um, but I don't think it was nearly as big as it is now. I'm trying to find the original um, game now. Uh, 2000 and... Uh, one of the first games to introduce loot box-like mechanics was FIFA 09. So 2009. Oh, okay. Yeah, so m- online multiplayer would have still been big. or that That's like, it's riding high at that point. At least on consoles. Um, I don't know. I, I am not a football fan. I don't think I've ever really owned... I've, I've never owned a FIFA game, um, so I kind of write it off as not really, you know, a competitive game, I guess. I know it is a competitive game, but people yeah, don't people... talk about it. It's like nope. an unwanted cousin kind of thing. <laughs> I, well, I yeah, maybe not in our, our circles, but I don't know. You, you get people... We had a couple, like, murders in the U.S. over Madden. Really? Like, people playing a game of Madden and, you know, shit went sour like somebody lost. And, uh, somebody got shanked. Yeah. But that was, um, I can't remember how long ago that was. But I still, actually, um, little, little side tangent. 
Um, when I was in, in high school, uh, I remember going over to... I, I wasn't really big into the, the sports games either, because I, I didn't really give a crap. Yeah, you'd play at a party just for the fun of it, but like... you would Yeah, yeah it was just over... It's something to do with my friends if, if they had it, but I never owned any of them because I never really cared. Hmm. You know, I, I preferred... Halo. More... Yeah, exactly. More, more, <laughs> more intri- more intricate games. Um, but with um, or at the time, uh, also played a lot of RTS games. Uh, but yeah, um, whenever my friend's house, he had Madden something for the GameCube. I think this was like two thousand five, two thousand six, and uh, we like, I I got there after they had already started playing a game, so. Uh, Two of my friends were sitting on my friend's couch, and they were playing, and then he was, you know, playing. And two of them were on one team, and one person was controlling the other team. And, um, the, the guy who was, had his, was solo on his own team was, he was, he was about to, like, make, like, this ridiculous score. Like, he had taken, taken the ball, and he was doing, like, a 90-yard run to get a touchdown, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous in real life but in video games you know whatever <laughs> one of my other friends was so pissed over it he unplugged his controller and <laughs> then threw him on the floor and started punching him while my other friend <laughs> took the ball from his now afk character and then ran it all the way back and scored. Yeah. it wasn't like serious like punching it was more like you know just keep you know, fuck down, you yeah. that was bullshit yeah exactly um you know just like general general friendly roughhousing not like actual anger but mm. even even just that i remember that yeah. happening and yeah people get heated over those games i'm pretty sure roughhousing's not okay in this day and age <laughs> oh fuck off <laughs> um but yeah so after after that moving away from the fifa bollocks yeah so you got loot boxes and things like overwatch and a lot of people think that overwatch was like the first place to introduce loot boxes which mm. is kind of crazy to me because it definitely wasn't. Um, no, I, I even I remember it before Overwatch. But the beauty of Overwatch is that a all the loot boxes can like pretty fudging easily be get be. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> Gotten. Yeah, sure. Uh, through in-game playing, just like you don't have to spend a fucking dime on on Overwatch. I almost said payday. Um, <laughs> and yeah, you can get. As many skins and stuff as you want. Also, they're all just cosmetics. Yeah, which is that's the other thing. Even thing. even the paid ones, even the paid ones, I don't really mind as long as they don't affect gameplay. Hmm. Like, yeah, Overwatch had them. I the other one that technically has them, and I'm not sure if this really counts because it's it's a card game, and card games have always had like booster packs and oh, stuff. Oh, we're going with this. Yeah, Hearthstone. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I I played when, when I. God, I think it was 2013. I played a ton of Hearthstone back then when it first came out. Um, now I barely touched. I, I, like Hearthstone is now something I fiddle around with when I have, you know, when I'm listening to something particularly boring or I in the bathroom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of a like a not gross way to say that on the podcast, but. And I've I've essentially stopped opening the packs because you get packs by doing stuff in the game and whatever. I have two hundred and fifty five unopened packs in that game. Yeah, and like you can get them with in game gold, which you can also earn from doing stuff in the game, or you can buy them. And you can buy them like every season they come out with a new 
set of cards. And it's like you can buy like 60 packs for like 50 bucks and then mm. that is but that's that's essentially like what people do with Magic the Gathering or other trading card games where you like it's it's a new set and oh I got to build a deck for this season. Oh, let's all get together. We'll buy like, you know, a booster box and then we'll make some decks and play get cards together. Yeah. I can see that, but it's it's kind of it's straddling that line in my mind because it's not quite the same thing as like a physical card game. Exactly, and th- but at the same time, yeah, <clears throat> it, it just sorry. That's it's it's a it's a weird middle ground in my mind. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know if you can remember. I'm sure you can. Um, but when we were kids, and you go to the store, you pick up like a booster pack of Yu-Gi-Oh cards, right? Has this yeah. beautiful, like shiny, colorful uh, packaging. Open, mm. just even opening it had that satisfying, like like pulling off it... the protector on a on a uh, phone, new phone. Uh, it was very satisfying. And what's more, you had physical cards, which you could do with as you wished. Yeah. And that was, I can understand that. Like, I don't think that's gambling. That's that's not really gambling, in my opinion. That is buying yeah. a game. For sure. Well, it's definitely they they use similar um, similar similar psychological tactics like like you said the shiny cards. Ooh, I got this one. It's all glowy yeah. and but but at the same time, I do I, I know what you're you physically have a thing. Um, yeah, you 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 have you've gotten an actual object, and I did think that there was a lot of there was a there was a communal bit of that too because I I remember we Yu Gi Oh was what I played with a couple of my high school friends. Um, back then and what we would do is yeah we'd, we'd go to the mall we'd hang out we'd get you know dinner and just kind of wander around and then we'd go to like one of the game shops there you know pick up a couple packs we'd go back to my place and then you know four or five of us would sit around would open like oh i got this oh i got this you know yeah. tweak decks and then play a few games and then they'd go home that like that was that was something that we did you know fairly often in high school and it it was yeah, it, it's there's something that is different there than sitting at a you know computer or TV and opening them. Because even if you you're playing with friends and like, oh, I just got this new cool skin. Oh, I got this you know fucking shiny blaster cannon. Whatever. Mm. The f- I sound like a grandfather talking about this shit. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. And like. There's there's an element of like you can swap things in real life. You, most games you can't swap anything. Um, That's yeah, and it's locked to your account. I know I'm harking back to the whole monetary value thing again, but this day and age, if you've got like an original Pokemon card, that shit is worth hundreds or even thousands of like, I was gonna say dollars or pounds. Um, so it does actually have a return value. <laughs> By the way, thank you for reminding me. One segment that we talked about doing that I had completely forgotten about until now. So I'm going... It, it's um, date of recording, not date this will be published. It's the day before Easter. Mm. I'm going home to visit uh, my, my parents uh, this this Sunday. Um, we talked about looking through my old Pokemon cards and seeing if any of them had like significant value. Um the binders are all at my parents' place. I'm, I'm thinking I might actually grab them while I'm there. Hmm. And uh, we, because we talked about doing a segment where we kind of live looked through them, poked through. But yeah, um, 
but but harking back again to the uh, well to, to to the point that the most recent point, which was about Overwatch and good stuff, and then EA did the worst thing, and that is that they went to a purely competitive game, and they added not <laughs> the loot boxes. They're not just like cosmetics for a start. They are they added loot boxes which give you stat boosts or stat bonuses yeah. in multiplayer games and not just that but their entire character base can only be got like attained through real world transactions and random chance real world transactions yeah uh, it's one thing when you have a competitive game where it's like you can unlock this character through like you know working and playing for like you know 20 hours yeah um, or you can pay, like, five bucks and you've got the character unlocked permanently. A lot of competitive games, especially free-to-play games, do that. I mean, I think but Ra yeah. Rainbow Six Siege is stingy as fuck, because it costs so much to unlock characters within game currency. Like, so much. But it is possible. Yeah. Um, but no, what the game I'm talking about is Star Wars. Um, oh, yeah, Battlefront 2, right? Yeah. Yeah. Even, like just getting a certain type of clone trooper and clone troopers are just boring fucking regular dudes. You have to pay real world money and hope that you get him. Uh, and then like all of their weapons. Same thing. Stuff like that. It's like they've taken every single aspect of a first person shooter and they have monetized it. Like, yeah, the stupid thing is oh. that game isn't even that good. Yeah, no, that's. I think that's a large part of the reason why no one played it. Because they were like, we're not buying a game. We're buying the opportunity to buy a game. <laughs> well, that, that's a, it's not even a free game, too. I, I can sort of get it in free-to-play games. Mm. But that game, if you bought, like, the super badass Legendary Edition, was like 120 bucks. Yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of particularly mobile games where they say, you get the game free, and it's playable yeah. as vanilla. But if you want more, then you have to pay. And honestly... I'm not a massive fan of them, because it does kind of feel like they're lying on the front cover, but at the same time, yeah. I have bought and played many, I say bought, not really bought because it's free, but <laughs> I've yeah. played many of them, and then once it gets uninteresting anymore, I just stop playing it. Um, yeah. It, it, they, they have started being a bit more cheeky with that kind of stuff, like, I was going to buy Black Desert Online the other day. And I was like, oh my god, there's all these amazing, cool, like, pets and stuff. I don't mind paying a little bit of money. And then, like, it's something I can enjoy with Alicia. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, wait. But I, I bought it, and I was thinking to myself while I was downloading, I was like, hang on. Is this like an Elder Scrolls Online thing where all the cool pets are actually behind a paywall? And sure enough, you can get a regular dog, a regular cat, or a fox pretty much, and that's it. Uh, but mm. it has, like, hundreds and hundreds of other pets, which look adorable, but you have to pay for them with real-world money. So I was like, stop downloading it, <laughs> refund, I'm not playing this game. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, yeah, there is a lot of that. It's, there's, there's a few games that I've, I've found that have gotten it fairly well. Mm. I don't, I've harped on about it before. League of Legends is a game that I've definitely poured a lot of hours into right. over the years because I've played it since 2010. Yeah, I mean, if it's, and, if it's something that you play that much, then yeah. Right. But, but my point is I've definitely lost, I think over the years I've probably spent 
maybe in excess of $500 on the game. Mm. And it is free to play. So over 10 years, that's not a ton of money. Well, I mean, it's a lot of money, but it's it's not a lot of money per year, which just sounds like me justifying it. But you could, in theory, play through... Like, I've made alternate accounts that I haven't spent any money on. And all I do is I just, you know, get the free stuff. You can unlock characters for free. All the skins cost money, mm. um, but you can occasionally... They, they, they introduced loot boxes a couple of years ago, um, and you can buy them, but they're ridiculously overpriced. They, they've done, they've even implemented now ways that you can unlock, uh, skins. It's ridiculously hard, um, but I, I do appreciate the fact that those, like, the game is playable and fun without spending any money on it. Yeah, I, it's the same with me and Payday, really, um. All the DLCs that come out, you don't need to buy any of them. You can have just, like, the regular weapons, and they're they're pretty decent. Um, and you can just join other people's lobbies, because it doesn't stop you joining people's lobbies who do own the DLC. So you can still play mm. every single level in the game with none of the DLC. But if I want to do it solo, then, yeah, I'll have to buy the DLC. Um, I have probably spent about... Two hundred pounds on Payday Two, even though it's a pretty cheap game. I think I don't know. It's, it's a tiny amount of money to buy the actual game, um, but I've spent it on like the actual. I bought the actual masks because I thought they were really fucking cool. Mm. I bought a uh, bulldozer bobblehead which sits on my desk, which again, I think it's fucking awesome. Um, I bought much of the DLC, and I've also bought in-game skins, which I can resell. Um, and that's, I view that more as, I've played the game for one and a half thousand hours now. It's me Jesus giving back to Christ. the uh, developers saying, I really like this game, I want you to make more. And they have actually uh, announced Payday 3 is going to be released um, yeah. I think next year. That's that's an interesting um, avenue to kind of take this conversation because there there is I feel like there there is a definite attitude like that now uh, where people are they they they're seeing them spending money as a way to endorse good products now instead of as just like I went to the shop I bought a game I came home and I played it hmm. it now it's people are you're seeing an increased attitude of people going not even um games limited to games but you know books movies tv shows it's just like you've made a good thing uh like i i am going to spend extra money to support this good thing that i like yeah and like i i personally think it's it, it's a positive thing because it well, one, it it's people realizing that as you know, the customers they actually have the power to influence what these companies are doing with just their their financial support. Mm. Um, although I do feel like some people take it too a little bit too far. Like they they'll support a shit product because they like you know the developer or something like that. Yeah, I do remember. Um, Staying up till like one in the morning as a kid, waiting for Hotline Miami two to come out, and it came mm. out, and I was like, "Hell yeah!" Instantly buy it. I played it, and it was just kind of a disappointment. 
Um, but, but, like, I had so much faith in them from the first game, because the first game was fucking epic. Um, but the second game was just kind of... It was kind of the same. Like, they hadn't really done anything. They had, like, a, a segment that went into Vietnam, and you played in, the like, the jungles of Vietnam briefly. Um, nice. But they kind of corridored you down a single path where they were like, here's the gun you have to use kind of thing. Um, that is very not Hotline Miami. Yeah. Hotline Miami, by the way, for those who don't know, is like, picture like a, a 1980s disco fever dream where you are playing as, so it's it's top down, you go in yeah. and you basically just kill your way through a building in this cocaine-induced you know, stupor, essentially. And every time you die, you can just, like, immediately restart. Yeah, it's the immediate respawns which I think make it so special. Yeah. It's like, it's a very fast-paced game. It's not gory, particularly. Like, okay. It's it's bloody, but it's all pixely and cartoonish. Yeah, so, it's, it's like, it's an 8-bit aesthetic. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, everything is just as Kaiser said, cocaine-fueled, it seems. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it, they they made it look like the '80s. Yeah. In Miami. I mean, those those two things are just kind of tied together. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you you've not played it, have you? No, no. I've seen videos of people playing it, and I've watched reviews of it, but uh, I never yeah. owned it myself. The, the last, the very last mission, I think of number two, is that you you suddenly playing as like the a mob boss. You huff a bunch of cocaine, uh, you step off of a roof onto a rainbow, and then the credits start rolling. <laughs> it's like, it's just the weirdest shit. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to go with, like, a, um, you know, Tony Montana sort of thing. I mean, it is, kind of. It's, it's, uh... But anyway, yeah, sorry. Say hello to my little friend. He does, like, wipe out his entire, I think, own cartel before doing yeah. it. I don't know. Scarface was a good movie. It was. That was a good movie night. Um, but yeah, so yeah I, I'm sorry. This is this topic has wound on a lot longer than I was expecting it to. I know you had a topic to discuss. No, I can I can say that the one I had is something that we could discuss any any week. It was just something yeah. that was annoying me. And maybe if we, you know, have spare room in segment three, I can slot it in there. But I, I had a lot of fun discussing this. I. Mm. Loot boxes are a thing that I think, especially for people, anyone who... Oh, sorry, one last thing that kind of rubbed me up the wrong way. Halo 5 had loot boxes. Oh? Like, that was... I don't think I've Halo, ever seen 5, Halo 5. Well, it, it was, it's by far and away the worst Halo. Okay. I'll be wired. Like, <laughs> like, Halo 1, 2, and 3 and Reach were all made by the same developer. Actually, ODST as well. Halo 1, 2, 3, Reach, and ODST. Those were kind of the golden age of Halo, hmm. uh, where it was made by the original developers, Bungie, then a split-off studio, 343 Industries, which used to be part of Bungie, continued to work on the Halo, and Bungie went off to you know fail at making Destiny. Which, Destiny 2 is pretty good, but Destiny 1 was just a shit show. Right. Um... Sorry, a little bit of a side tangent there. Right. Halo 4 and 5 were made by this new studio. 4 was okay, but it started to have, like, a Call of Duty-esque feel, and it just didn't uh, feel right. Like, it didn't feel like Halo anymore. They, they were modifying the gameplay too much. 
Um, and then Halo 5 was just, it just went off the deep end. They had loot boxes. They took out a bunch of like really good playlists. They added in all of these weird mobility mechanics that basically made the vehicles obsolete. And the vehicles were like one of the best parts of Halo. Um, it just, and the story was also kind of ass. So it just wasn't very good. But they did add loot boxes, and there was one game mode called Warzone, I think, where the loot bo- you actually used cards you got from the loot boxes to purchase vehicles in the mode. And to get, like, better weapons and stuff with modifications and things. Right. And so I, I just avoided that that game mode like the plague. There were a few other game modes that didn't use those cards at all. Which is weird. I don't remember what... This is, the loot boxes were only, like, for one game mode. Yeah. I, oh, you could also get, like, armor components to customize what your guy looked like out of them. Oh. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> you the, you mentioned the whole thing where, like, you get... You get um vehicle cards oh vehicle cards okay it reminded me uh so obviously you know what arcades are right yeah um back when i was very young there was an arcade with a game i can't remember the name of the game for the life of me but it was basically a um a really cool looking version of rock paper scissors essentially (laughs) and what it would do is it's like um massive beetles and bugs and things. It's all about that. Um, and some would be like, some would be rock, some would be paper, some would be scissors. And you'd go in and you'd play this game and you'd probably fail pretty quickly. But then it would print out some cards for you. And they're literally it printed collectible cards. And so the next time you went there, you'd have like stronger beetles and you'd, ah. Okay. That was insanely there are m- fun. There are multiple arcade uh, games like that. Um, the the initial D, like racing uh, arcade machines, did that. I remember talking to um, Juan and Raymond, and they, I, I think Juan actually used to, they may, maybe they both did, but they'd go to arcades and you'd you'd race and you'd get you know stuff in the game. And you could customize your cars and you'd get the card with the you know custom card. And you could go back and do it again. There there. That was a interesting arcade mechanic that a lot of them did. Yeah, um, it was uh, it was very addictive. Uh, but yeah, like we, once we got like our shiny Hercules beetle, and we were like, "Oh hell yeah, <laughs> nothing can beat us!" <laughs> um, oh man, God, I haven't thought about that in years. Yeah, it's a day for nostalgia. Yeah. Oh. Um, anyway. Any any final thoughts before we close out segment one? Oh, uh, there was something, and I totally lost it. Um, oh, uh, yeah, sorry, last thing. Um, I think uh, governments are now starting to consider loot boxes as gambling, and so they're yeah. actually going to be... It's probably going to be stricken out of a lot of games from now on. Uh, I mean, the... I think it was like a year or two ago, the Dutch outright just completely banned it. It was either Belgium or the Netherlands, or maybe both of them. Right. But they 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 actually took EA to court and um, yeah yeah banned that, it outright in their countries. That shit cannot come fast enough because at the moment EA is making literally EA is making more money off of loot packs than they are off selling games. Yeah, I actually th- this one one I do have more to to say about that because. <laughs> I remember reading that they don't actually most of the player base they don't make much money off of. 
with loot boxes because yeah. most play- players will spend like you know two bucks five bucks like maybe every couple months or so what they make money off of is whales like people who like the same way the casinos make money when some some big spender comes in there and drops a ton of cash on the tables and loses a good chunk of it yeah um that's what like they they make their money by like this one like that guy i was talking about earlier that spent 11 grand on cards and fifa fifa but i don't I, I think people probably figured it out it's way too late now fifa's a soccer game football for you yes <laughs> um but yeah so I, i'm just another little interesting thing it they it really is modeled in the same fashion as a casino except in a casino when you lose like tons and tons of cash the casino typically like comps you stuff like oh you know we'll we'll upgrade you to a suite for tonight you know we lo- you know you lost but oh you got yeah. free drinks for yeah, the night yeah, yeah. or something like that um it, the casino still makes money hand over foot but they they kind of like you know make you feel better a little bit yeah so that you don't you don't leave feeling bitter ea doesn't do that they just take your money and then kick you in the balls <laughs> yeah, um anyway okay let's let's end it there um this is gonna be the end of segment one of the tmcj podcast thank you all for listening and you'll hear us again momentarily for segment two welcome back to the tmcj podcast we are on segment two our media segment uh we had a movie night and quite a robust movie night at that this week um robust it was three hours long yeah they're normally three hours long we just don't normally split them into two parts why well, I, I don't think scarface was really long so was troy but like i feel like most movies are like an hour and a half or so a kindergarten cop wasn't that long i think that was two hours eh, maybe I, I i might be oh a uh, fun little bit of trivia before i get into the the plot synopsis for this one uh do you know why most movies are around two hours long hour and a half two hours uh no shakespeare he found that the like his appropriate length for a play was two hours yeah personally i think it's a little bit long um yeah mind you as a kid i didn't think that at all maybe it's just because i'm getting old yeah normally it works in reverse (laughs) i feel like when you're a kid you're impatient you can't sit still but I, i find the exact same thing actually like Sitting down and actually watching a movie is something that, like, I have to, like, slow my brain down a little bit, because otherwise mm. I'm just, like, I'm I'm sitting there in the chair watching this, and I feel like I should be doing something with my hands, you know, doing something on the side, just, but I, so, movie nights have been kind of nice, because it gives me a second to, like, let my brain slow down a little bit and just watch something. I think there was kind of a point where, um, in my childhood, where when we would go to the cinema, it was almost expected that my... I'm sorry, Dad. It was expected that my father would fall asleep at some point. <laughs> um, I think... I'm pretty sure that the one I remember is, like, we went to see Transformers, the original Transformers. Yeah. Not... not Okay, not... Yeah, yeah the, the first Michael Bay one. Thank you, yeah. And that, that's, like, the most action-intense film that there is. But yeah, no, surely, sure enough, halfway through... He's dozing. I've fallen asleep on roller coasters before. Or, like, dozed off, yeah. I remember... You... What? Sorry. I was gonna say, you, much like Alicia, can somehow fall asleep in front of a screen, which I've never been able to do. 
I so my maybe this is because I don't really drink a lot of like caffeine or sugar or anything like that. But when my like when I'm tired, like when my body decides, okay, I'm sleepy, I just and I've I've actually Oh god, I there was this one time I accidentally left like OBS recording one night and I actually I was able the next day to watch it happen to me. Like I was I could see myself just kind of nod off for a second and then I was just out. And like yeah. and then a few minutes later I I like woke up and just like like a zombie just on autopilot I walked into the other room and just laid down. Like oh, man, maybe that's what we should do. Next time we we like are drinking you should just passively record your own perspective. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not... It, that's the thing. It's not just when I'm drinking. It's, like, just if I'm tired. Like, if I get to the point where I'm exhausted, I will yeah. just conk out. And, like, th there's nothing I can do to stop it. When my body's like, okay, you're going to sleep, I go to sleep. But, like, in the respective... Because you, you always forget whatever's happened when... You, uh, like, that, that's one of the few times when you can't remember what happens. Is when you when you drink a bit. I think that'd be quite interesting, personally. Anyway. Yeah, right before bed. Um, yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, we got completely off there. Yeah. Talking about... Um, going postal. Going postal, that's what it was. So, okay, I, I didn't really know this going in, um, but there's a, this is apparently based on the Discworld book series by Terry Pratchett, which mm -hmm. I had no idea. You said Terry Pratchett. I thought it was a director or something. I'd, like, no. I was like, okay. Um... But so the movie opens up. This is like a somewhat mythological world, based on the uh, the the Hindu mythos, where you've got the world perched atop a, a turtle that's got four elephants on it. That's got a flat disc Earth on top of that. Yeah, it's it's a lot like a, a Dungeons and Dragons world. Yeah. So there's there's a bunch of supernatural stuff. The movie uh, follows the course of this um, con artist. Who, his name I've already Moist von Lipwig. Yep, I, I just remembered it. Uh, who he's he like grows up poor and he cons and cheats his way up to being relatively rich. Um, eventually, he does get caught, however, uh, trading like uh, fake money to this guy for some something. This werewolf guard lady catches him, which again, there's werewolves. Uh, they they take him in, and he essentially is set to hang for his crimes, and um, it's it's kind of all portrayed from his perspective in the early bits of the film, and they do a great job kind of doing a lot of world building very quickly. Um, so he said he thinks he's a little extreme, but whatever. So they 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 go to hang him, and then he wakes up uh, after he's hung in this guy's office, laying in a coffin. And it turns out that they just hung him to within an inch of his life and then brought him in there. And this guy is going to... This lord, because it's very it's a very well-upholstered, like, marble sitting room. Yeah, Lord Veterinari. He's the, um... Oh, fuck, I can't remember his role. But yeah, he runs Ankh-Morpork. Yeah. The, just the, the very... Gives off very, very austere and sinister vibes at the same time. Um, but he essentially gives him a, a second chance um, and gives him the opportunity. Well, essentially tells him to go through th this one door or do this job for him. And the door that he tells him to potentially go through is a bottomless pit. <laughs> so um, essentially it's, you know, he can go back and die or he can do this job. And so the job is to run the postal service. 
and it's kind of quickly established through this conversation that there's two methods of communication in this world, long-distance communication. There's the post office, and there's these things called the clacks, which are these giant towers that essentially, using light, do like a Morse code kind of thing. So, like, a certain number of flaps are open, that's the letter A. A certain number of flaps are open, that's the letter B. Um, and then through that, it goes from one tower to one tower to one tower, and that's how they communicate. So they send... It's essentially a more circuitous telegraph. Yeah, smoke signals, but on a grander scale. Yeah, exactly. And so he uh, he kind of tentatively agrees, tries to escape. Um, turns out that he has someone following him, uh, a golem, because golems are also real. For those that don't know, uh, in Hebrew mythology, golems were essentially these clay creatures brought to life using magic. Um, I, there's more Although to they're it. they're very rare. I yeah. There's more to it than than that in the actual, like, mythology. I want to say it was Hebrew mythology, but I might be wrong. Right. It was, it was some um, Middle Eastern mythos that had them as, as, like, creatures. But anyway, so a golem, uh, who is essentially this, this magical creature brought to life, made out of clay, um, who is his uh, parole officer, I think they call him? Yeah. Yeah. Um... I wanted to say ward for some reason, but that's the opposite. So he um, he brings him back, and then the the guy uh, tells him that okay, you know, you really have to do this. So he goes to the post office. Turns out the post office is this it's just a dilapidated ruin. There's only two people left working there. This one like really really twitchy kid, um, and this this very old guy who still has the title of junior post officer because all of the oh, sorry junior postman. Because all of the previous postmasters have been um, well, disappeared under mysterious circumstances. Yeah, they've they've either died or quit, and so no one's been around long enough to promote him. Yeah, and they all died, but yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but it, it's it's implied at this stage in the movie that they didn't die. Oh, okay. Because the guy the yeah. guy doesn't tell him they died. That's why it's a big plot reveal later when he finds out they did. Um, so at first he's like you know not really taking it too seriously. He's really bitter about being forced into this role and everything um and then eventually he starts to think of it like a con like oh i can you know i can do something to make money out of this but then he start he also starts having nightmares about like the results of all the cons he did previously like um the first guy he traded like a painted horse to you know the horse died and the guy hung himself and then his daughter was orphaned right so that's that's number one he has nightmares about like um, fake bonds that he traded to a bank, and you know the bank has to call in loans, and it bankrupts families. And the guy who who accepted the fake bonds, you know, he gets you know accused in his place and sent to prison, and all. So he starts having nightmares a bit like um, Ebenezer Scrooge style about all the terrible shit that has resulted from the things that he did. And then, so he starts to kind of turn around and starts to try and, like, okay, you know what, I'm actually going to, you know, you know, make this post office a success. Um, but then very early on after that, he finds out that the other postmasters died and he panics and, you know, tries to run again, I think. Does he, does he run away or... He, he gets caught somehow and, and brought back yeah. and then eventually he decides, okay, you know, I'm going to... I'm gonna still try to do this, and he has like the golem like watching over him while he sleeps, so that he did, so that the curse doesn't kill him. 
Um, this is this is the part of the movie I'm I'm kind of like struggling to remember because I remember what happens after this. They, he starts to do a bunch of stuff to really make the post office start to to pick up. Like he um, thinks up the idea of like they think of the idea of having stamps instead of having like actually putting a stamp on the letter to show it's been paid for. They actually have prepaid stamps um, so they can make money that way. And they think about making them collectible. Um, he goes and talks to this, uh, the, the main female uh, protagonist in the, the show. She is like the head of a golem union or something like that. Uh, a Gole- the golem trust, I think it's called. Yeah. And she like... He, he needs workers, so he talks to her to see if she's willing to loan him some golems, essentially, have, you know, golem workforce. Um, and she agrees after some coercing, or... Uh, coercing's probably not the right... Persuasion. Um, anyway, all this stuff happens. It starts to become a success, and then you're introduced to kind of the main antagonist of the show, the guy who currently runs the Clax, the the tower message thing. Um, and it it kind of is revealed that he is the one who's he he's been doing what he can to kind of spike the tires of the post office because they're his major competition. Um, eventually, it is revealed that he's also kind of the reason that the other postmasters died, but that's not. Uh, that's not that's not imminently evident uh, at that point in the the show, but it's kind of implied even then that this guy's like sleazy as fuck. Um, let's hmm. see what happens next. I will say uh, around this point in the book, which sadly they didn't uh, add to the film, Moist gets uh, woken up in the middle of the night, blindfolded, and taken to like a room, um, and then there's like these voices all around him saying uh, the way of the postman you must get past the the hound of terror kind of thing and they have like a dog like straining of its leash to attack him while he has to deliver a post uh, deliver a letter <laughs> uh, and the the dog's like coming at him and he's like oh wait what th- these are a really dangerous dog that kind of come from my homeland I actually know how to deal with these things and then the dog kind of just like starts like Rolls over and lets him scratch his belly and stuff, uh, and then they're like, "Ah, oh, the letterbox of of doom! Its bite is like razor blades, and they've got like a letterbox with razor blades inside of it." Um, yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of fun scenes that they cut out from the book, but you know, yeah, obviously they can do all. Yeah, there there are quite a few moments in it where he his like skill as a con man actually makes him a very good postmaster because he starts going on like a pr campaign he delivers stuff you know he does the stamp thing he talks to the press and he has a, a like a, a flair for the showmanship um, the offler thing mm-hmm. offler the crocodile god oh yeah yeah that that's loves a li- his sausages so that's that's getting into the the second half so um he yeah. also he kind of falls for the golem trust lady and um yeah they they start hitting it off and he realizes like he's consumed with guilt because he realizes that her so her family used where the her father was the one that invented the clacks the messaging towers, um, but like he lost everything when the banks had to call in loans because of all the fake bonds that he sold the banks, 
And so her father lost everything, and that's when the sleazy guy took over. And he realizes as he's falling for this girl, he's like, he, he's consumed with guilt. He's like, I gotta tell her. So, this, like, he, he ends up writing a letter. Uh, just everything that happened, confessing and trying to be honest, you know, for once in his life. And um, she reads it and is furiously angry with him and um he makes a hash of the apology and then the sleazy guy comes in and acts like he knows him and they're they're buddies which makes her even more mad but then all of that's interrupted because now the post office is on fire and like the whole thing's burning the roof's falling apart like he goes in there to try and save it and to try and save the uh, the twitchy kid who was still inside Steinle. what's his name Steinley. Thank you. I'm just going to keep calling him a twitchy kid. That's right. Um, and inside, he ends up fighting a banshee, who it's revealed now that that's the guy that was hired by the sleazy guy to kill all the other postmasters and sabotage the post office. So through some magical shit, he manages to defeat the banshee and get outside. And uh, he... Uh, tries to talk to the... Oh, it's also revealed that the Banshee was the one that was hired to kill the brother of the woman who was the daughter of the guy that invented the Clack Towers. Yeah, they kind of ham-fisted that scene of it. They're like, and the Banshee suddenly reveals all. Um, which was a little bit odd. Um, also, another thing that they... <laughs> a fun little thing that they uh, cut out from the book was that when he went back into the building, the post office had, like, a cat in the book. And so he saves Stanley and the cat, and the papers just report on the cat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I see why. I would only report on the cat, too. <laughs> I mean, it's what the people like to hear. <laughs> yeah, like, why why report on a creepy kid who likes pins? Um, yeah, so, anyway, he gets outside, and he kind of tries to patch things up with the girl again by revealing that piece of info, and... Asking her, like, if she is going to work with him to take down the sleazy guy. And she basically spits in his face and then runs off. Um, and by spits in his face, I mean she kicks him in the balls. Yeah. And um, so the next day, it's just him trying to pick up the pieces. The The roof is gone. Most All the backlog of letters have burnt up in there. And they're just, like, you know, sifting through the ruins, essentially. Um so he tries to find ways now now it's just like essentially trying to pick up the pieces so they've got oh what am i trying to say they, they some other postmen from like another district come over to try and help and he does another pr campaign and a little bit of you know marketing like oh you know all the letters is you know it's it's 50 percent off today just because you know, and it's free if you were going to send a message on the clack because the towers broke down or something like that. That's the other mm -hmm. thing. The, the clack towers are notoriously unreliable because the, the sleazy guy is essentially, essentially spending no money fixing them. Yeah, they shut down research and development years before. Yeah, and so they're always breaking down. They're not getting improved at all. Uh, so they're unreliable, but they're the only method of long-distance communication. Mm -hmm. Which is so how he makes. The, I think he has a quote in the movie, which is like, "It's like you know the, um, you know the the point of business is not to you know give your customers a good service; it's to give your customers the only service." Yeah, or something like Monopolize. that. Yeah. Um, so 
through and then this is where the the thing you were talking about the crocodile god scheme so he he tries to find a way to get the money to repair the post office and the idea he has is he fake like he goes don't makes a, a donation to this crocodile god uh his temple and says you know very openly he's, he's praying for you know one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and so he he leaves and then um the next day he like well not the next day but he he's walking into the post office and he he acts like he's having a divine revelation and when he opens his eyes they're just completely pale white and he can't see um and he wanders off into the forest and goes up to a tree and just digs and then suddenly there's two big bags of money and he has a hundred and fifty thousand dollars and then he can suddenly see again and then he gets arrested yeah. I like the the line of oh, doesn't look like a praying man to me. It looks like an elephant. Heresy! Heresy! <laughs> yeah, uh, the, oh. the the repair. The, there's a reporter who is shows up a few times in the the story, and she uh, she's the one who's following him around and documenting what's happening during this divine revelation. And he goes up to a tree, which he says a, a tree that looks like you know the the roots look like a praying man, and that's what she says is doesn't look like a praying man it looks like an elephant and then somebody in the back yeah just shouts heresy um by the way i think she uh i can't remember the name of the exact book but they have their own book story about the, them you the, know i the reporter don't know if you know what do you say the reporter yeah so i don't know if you noticed how like her cameraman was a vampire i didn't know okay so originally in in the book um i always remember the vampire but uh Whenever the camera flashed, it would, like, incinerate him, basically. <laughs> uh, and he turned into a small pile of dust, and he'd have to reform. So he, like, made his own uh, concoction of materials that when it flashed, it wouldn't, like, blur him up. But yeah, there's, um... That's hilarious. They have their own story. Yeah, it, there, there's quite a robust, like, book series behind this, which I, I looked up and was talking with you about after we watched the movie. Um mm. Anyway, so it's revealed that, you know, he kind of, like, he, the uh, the Lord guy um, arrests him and is talking to him. And um, it's revealed through the conversation they have that, you know, he obviously faked the divine revelation. He used, like, turtle eggshells to make his eyes look white. Um, and he the money was the mo- all the money he conned and stole buried out in the forest. And uh, so the you think that he's now in trouble again, but the Lord guy kind of just... Uh, you know, is is okay with his ingenuity, and but he won't let him just take the money. It all gets billed through his accountants, so that the guy can't just run off with all the cash again. Yeah. Um, he like he still clearly doesn't trust the guy. Although at this stage in the movie, it's kind of clear that he has really, genuinely started to you know turn over a new leaf. Um. Anyway, so they they repair the post office. They make it look nice and fancy and. They, um, yeah, they start doing business again, and then, uh, kind of a, a war, not a war, but like a, a, I can't remember, there's, there's a a thing in history that happened like this too, um, where two big companies that are kind of rivals in the same space are doing like, uh, you know, an arms race of sorts to try and, you know, take each other's customers, and so the Clack Towers are doing their thing, and they, they roll out a bunch of, like, you know, fake stuff that they say they're going to do. And then the post office is doing their things, like, oh, we have an overnight service, and we have this. And then the mm-hmm. Clack Towers is 
hiring bandits to go after their overnight service, like wagons and stuff. Yeah, the Stolat. So it all culminates in this point where they decide to have a race between a message sent through the clacks and a message sent through the uh, post, post office. office. Yeah. yeah, and it's an oh, it's like they, the the distance they said was ridiculous. It was like seventeen hundred miles, and I'm like, how does that like by cart that would take weeks? And so yeah. anyway. So he chooses to send, like, and then they, they let the post office choose first. It's, it's also revealed at this point, because the Lord is the one who's deciding on the rules of the, uh, the sort of uh, the race. And so the, the post office guy, uh, Moist, he will, like, if he loses, he gets hung. And if the other guy loses, then he just loses his business, which kind of, you know, kind of, kind of a, a fucked up thing to do, but... You told me that the uh, the Lord guy was particularly ruthless in the books. Um, yeah, I mean the whole the whole world is a lot more ruthless than than yeah. this is. Like I said, there's assassins guilds, just members just walk around free. They're actually considered quite high upper class if you're yeah. an assassin. And so that 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 context kind of put it in a new light for me because when I was watching it at first, I was like, "Holy shit, this this guy's fucking brutal." Yeah. Um I mean he is he is definitely like probably the most dangerous person in Ark Morport because he is ruthlessly clever and he's a diplomat. Um Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that all happens. The race now it's it's obvious that there's going no matter what the, the tower's going to have a huge advantage because they you know, it's just it's speed of light. Um but the yeah, you know, the, the the post office has to take like a wagon and cart, essentially. Hmm. I think they but, just went off a single man on a horse, but yeah. Uh, no, because remember it was um, the old guy and the kid on the cart. It was a wagon. Oh yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, but because of that, the post office gets to choose what they send. So he chooses a giant like novel, essentially. Yeah. Uh, it was actually the biography of the Lord who was overseeing the race, hmm. and. The idea is, of course, it's going to take a long time to put that through the clax system, and so it'll give him a little bit of a head start. But they're still not going to be able to do it. So he then works with the <coughs> the uh, the woman to come up with a plan to try and uh, you know stop the race and also reveal all the scummy shit that the sleazy guy did. Hmm. So there's a derelict clax tower, and what they do is they put a sheet up in between that tower and the neck between two towers, like. Because that tower went through them, um, and then use like a kind of a makeshift version of the the light switch things to essentially send out the ledgers showing all these expenses for assassinations in the the sleazy guys like books. Um, there's a whole other subplot that I kind of skipped as to how they actually got those ledgers. Yeah. So I mean, technically, they didn't even need to send a postal package they didn't but I don't know I, I got the impression from that lord guy that even if they had handed him the ledgers he still would have hung him plus by doing the race they also were able to get hold of the like the clax company and give it back to the woman anyway quickly wrap up at the end of the movie that works and at the very there's this big dramatic scene at the end that's um 
kind of funny and crazy and they uh they managed to change the message so they're reading out what happened and at first it sounds like the book but then after a little bit uh it starts changing to um all of the assassinations and expenses that the guy spent um you know from the clax company and he panics he blows up this magical thing and runs away um and then he eventually gets caught killed and the well sort well okay it's implied that he well he chose to die um but the woman, she gets her company back, or her father's company back, and uh, this guy, Moist, remains the leader of the post office, and they all live, presumably, happily ever after. And the bit at the end? Oh, are you talking about what happened to the sleazy guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he gets caught in the same way that uh, Moist gets caught at the beginning of the movie. Uh, he's essentially tracked down... And the Lord guy gives him an option to either do some kind of a service for him or jump down the pit. And the guy jumps down the pit. Mm. Or it's implied that he jumps down the pit because they kind of cut away and then a letter comes for that guy. And he's like, oh, he's in there. And the, the postman opens the door and it's just a bottomless pit. Oh, that pit. was really mean. <laughs> what? <laughs> like the full postman could yeah. have fallen down the giant pit. <laughs> okay, I actually had the same reaction. I was like, he, what if he slipped? He's an old man. He would have just walked in there. <laughs> Uh, but yeah. So that was that was. It took me a long time to get through all that, but yeah, it was a long. It was a lot. A lot happened in it. Like it was three hours, and it was three densely packed hours. Yeah, and it's kind of addressing all of Terry Pratchett's books. Address some uh, one or more like um, quite often political themes, or Mm -hmm. just like so. In this case, it was. Monopolies? Reminding everyone that letters are so much more personal attached than a clax. Or, or like a phone call in real life. Yeah. That kind of thing. Well, I think it also it also does address um, the issue of monopolies. That as well. Like, yeah, a whole bunch of things. Um, it talks about unions. Which um, suck. There's uh, another book, which I quite like. Um, I... Oh, I completely forgot about that subplot. Um, they, the... the main guy and the girl get into a spat and she tries to use the golem union as an excuse to take away his workforce just out of bitterness and um all the golems like she she's like you know raise your hand anyone who wants to strike and none of the golems do and yeah. then oh, yeah, but... <laughs> and then she goes like oh i suppose you all think the sun shines out of his ass or something like that and all of them raise their hands <laughs> i legit like started oh my god i laughed so hard at that scene the golems are actually a very endearing characters there's um there's another book called um monstrous regiment yeah where... It's from the beginning. It's it's a lot like Milan, right? I think it might be kind of uh, a parody kind of thing of Milan, where um, this girl joins up with a, uh, a military regiment, um, and by the by the end of the book, and like it's throughout the book, it's her trying to keep in, like keep in the pretense that she's actually a man because she has to pretend to be a man to be in the army, right? Yeah, and near the end, uh, through a series of strange turns. It turns out the entire regiment is made up of women. <laughs> all pretending to be men. 
<laughs> and also their commander is a woman. <laughs> um, <laughs> so there's a lot of very funny like political <coughs> commentaries and that kind of things. Oh my god! There's something I got to tell you um, in 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 the interim. Uh, okay. I don't I don't want to say it on the podcast, but it's it's something related to that that's just funny to me. Um, yeah, like I'm trying to think of other moments in the the film that I really really liked. Oh, I think it was yeah the 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 main female protagonist uh, ad- isn't her name like it's Adora, Adora Bell, Bell. yeah Adora Bell Deerheart. Um, she was really starting to grate on me at the end. Yeah, she does get a lot more pointlessly angry. I mean, I can get why she's angry in the first yeah. half by any means because she's getting dicked over by Moist a lot. Yeah, um, but but near the end when he's like. He's like making every effort to like do right. Like he's, you know, he's being good with the golems. He's endeared himself to them. Like he's trying to take down the guy that took down, like, like took her father's company. And she doesn't know this, but he also made a deal that if he won, he doesn't get anything, but she gets the rights to the Clax company back. Um, and like all of this other stuff. And she just like stays angry for the sake of staying angry. Like even yeah, even I mean, when she isn't she... at the end, but like, yeah. But for the most part, yeah. I just I, just, I think that I think it was just overdone a little bit there, I, and maybe it was the the screenplay version of it. Maybe it doesn't come across that way in the books, but honestly, I can't really remember her character very well from the book. Uh, I yeah. mean, it has been about ten years since I've read it. But... Yeah. Um. But I mean, overall, like it basically in the first because it's divided into two parts on Amazon two hour and a half long segments in the first segment i thought she was an awesome character in the second mm-hmm. segment she does seem to be a little bit needlessly vindictive um yeah i mean he does do some stupid things like when she's talking about her brother having died and she's like in tears and he's like i can make a plan out of this and i can understand why she was pissed off then yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> he does uh, yeah he is he's a bit insensitive and he also like bumbles a lot of the time but I, I think that's kind of part of his character arc, though, because he's he's very very comfortable when he's scheming and lying and yeah, when he's very confident. But then, yeah. whenever he has to be honest and sincere, he turns into this stuttering, stammering, like awkward person. Um, yeah. Which I, I think it, it definitely endeared me to him as a character throughout the whole series. I thought he was very well acted and very well written. Um, I really, really yeah. liked the uh, him as a character throughout the whole thing. Oh, oh, what was it? I kind of glossed over this when I was just recounting the plot, but at the very beginning, I thought they did an amazing because I hadn't read the books, I wasn't aware of the books, um, and yet I felt like perfectly, um, like perfectly comfortable with the lore, like throughout the whole movie. Like they do a very good job. Especially in the first, like, ten minutes of the movie. Very rapidly establishing the world and the lore and, like, the history of everything. Like, I kind of got everything very... And they they do it very efficiently. I'm not really describing this very well, but... It just... I never felt at any point confused as to what the what was going on in the world. Like, I never thought that they revealed something and I was like... What? Yeah. 
Uh, there's there's so 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 many references. So obviously there's the, all the characters that I discussed. Like pretty much every strange, slightly strange character has their own perk. Hmm. Um, you know, uh, in Veterinary's office, he was talking about his game of third he was having. Yeah. So it looks a lot like chess, but it's not at all. Yeah, I just I was um, I was gonna say I thought it was just chess. What? No, it's it's one side plays as dwarves, the other side plays as um, trolls, I think. And again, that that there's literally a book called Third. Um, th- there's you know they briefly touch on you know Offler, the crocodile god. There are tons and tons of gods, and yeah. the more followers a god has, the more powerful it is. Um, yeah, there's it, it's it's a lot of fun. It, I I'm actually curious. I kind of want to check out some of these books sometime, maybe, mm. um, because I. The, the movie was good enough that made me go, like, I actually want to know more about this world. I want to know more about the lore. Yeah. Um, if, if I had to yeah. suggest a book, I would recommend the um, any of the books involving the, the city guard. That's like the, the local police of Arkmore Pork. Yeah, I did want to know more about Werewolf Lady. Yeah, she is actually, and think about it in retrospect, maybe it's like a, a kind of a joke on the whole Twilight thing, but she has actually got a partner in the guard <laughs> well I, it wouldn't be a joke on twilight because i think the first city guard I, I remember looking it up on the wiki i think the first city guard book came up or came out in like the 1990s right okay well that was, that was one behind before twilight. Anyway, maybe twilight took from them holy shit <laughs> uh, no twilight actually copied the um the the sookie stackhouse books the the ones that um true blood is based off of Right, like the but plot. The, the main the plot's very similar. The main character of um of of the city guard is a person called Carrot, and basically he looks like Jake. <laughs> he is a very tall person with bright ginger hair, and he comes to the city thinking he's a dwarf all his life, even though he's like big for a human. And <laughs> That's awesome. He's not aware of any of the politics of the city, so he like goes into the Assassin's Guild and arrests the head of the Assassin's Guild. Stuff like that. He gets into a lot of trouble. <laughs> uh, it's very fun. Alright. I mean, it, it, it does sound like there's a lot a lot to this world. And maybe I'll check it out a little bit. Guards, guards, that's what's cool. I've got way too many books I need to finish. You but do. Several this... that I've recommended. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. So, um, quickly, before we end off segment two, I, I do want to just quickly plug this, because we're not going to talk about it this week. I'm glad we talked about this the whole time, because um, I'm not ready to talk about the next one. But I'm currently in the, the middle of reading uh, Brave New World, which I, I touched on briefly last week. Um, I'm about 80 or 90 pages into it right now out of the 250 page book so hopefully um i'm gonna bring it home with me for for eastern read a little bit so hopefully i'll, I'll get through it because i'm really enjoying the book right now it's it's this sort I, I do have a better idea now i kind of knew what it was about going into it but i didn't know any of the plot points it's essentially like a dystopian technocracy essentially if you designed a society entirely based on science without any sort of concern for morality or ethics then you would end up something like this that that's the the theory going into the book and right. 
So you've got things like a very rigid cast system, and it's all like engineered births and things like that. It actually relates a lot to our discussion about Kindergarten Cop last week. Jesus. I still can't believe we got into like designer children from that movie. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Uh, <laughs> anything else? Or uh, if, if not, we can... No, I think we're good. Uh... <laughs> Oh god. Man, we've really got through like half as many topics as we were planning this week. <laughs> Some weeks we just have tons to talk about and other weeks we don't. It's just how yeah, it we goes. Got through, we've used one topic for each segment so far. Yeah. Jeez. Well, we'll see how we do on segment three. Um, this is going to be the end of segment two of the TMCJ podcast. Thank you all for listening and you'll hear us again momentarily for segment three. Welcome back to the TMCJ podcast. Got him! I win! <laughs> Welcome back to the TMCJ podcast. This is segment three, our wild card segment, and he he did it again, where he, he said something in my ear right as we started, and I thought I'd made it through. I thought I had held the intro. And then, like, right as I was... Right as I was about to say, welcome back. Uh, okay. <laughs> that aside, welcome back. We This is one of our uh, kind of blank segments where we decided to do a little bit of experimentation. Um, so mm, It's a Kaiser wildcard, right? Yeah, yeah, we don't... I don't know if this is going to work. Um, Blue comes up with most of the ideas for our segment threes, uh, and I'm usually keen to let him do it, but I had this thought, and I... You know, we'll see if it works. Essentially, mm. what we're going to do um, is Blue is going to word phrase topic and i will try to pull from my memory a story either from my life or that i've heard one of my friends tell from their lives something interesting not like the mundane you know kind of stories like i went to the grocery store and the eggs were half off um oh my god my grand does that all the time <laughs> <laughs> i'm not even kidding i got i got um earlier i think it was, in fact yesterday yeah i went downstairs and my grand was like Ah, oh, I'm so angry at the supermarket right now. <laughs> what a, so she got one of these, like, massive bags, which has a bunch of small bags inside of it with, like, pre-made salad kind of stuff. And mm. one of the bags had, like, been attached to the outside bag by the seam accidentally. Yeah. And so, like, it went everywhere. And so, like, one in eight vegetable bags is split right and she's like i'm so angry i'm gonna go back to a supermarket i'm going to complain i don't want to be going out right now but i really feel like my hand has been forced oh my god <laughs> like it's like she's gonna storm the bastille oh uh, I, I really feel i mean i used to work at that place and the number of complaints that i like <laughs> jokingly relate to my manager and my manager by the end was like god i hate your gran i've never met her but fuck me <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so, yeah, but basically that. I'm going to try to think of interesting stories. If it doesn't work out, we have a backup. We'll talk about other things. Um, mm. We both, I think, are, are keen on storytelling, as is shown by the conversation that we just had. Uh, we were looking at our Audible <laughs> accounts, and Blue has something like over 100 audiobooks. I have like 54. Um, 96 I think it was and, and then in terms of like time listened Blue was like a month and 16 days And I was at 26 days of listening time So yeah Alright let's let, let's see how this works um, mm. So 
Give me, give me word, phrase, topic, and I'll try to pull okay, something. Okay, Kaiser, your first word. Yeah. Or phrase is. Tell me a story about workplace accident. Okay, so back when I was in high school, um, I worked at a hospital kitchen. Um, me and my uh, my best friend uh, JJ, uh, he had a um, his sister in law worked there as a manager, and so. They, we found out they were hiring. We both got a job there. We, um, I got injured at that place so many times, and so did he, just because we were a dumbass. Like, I was cleaning a knife, and I sliced open my finger. Oof. But, yeah. sorry, that one's a little cringy. But this is the funny one. He, <laughs> we, we were trying to take the trash out, and we, we had to, like, kind of crush it down in the barrels before we could, like, get it out and throw it in the compactor. So he's on top of the, the trash can, like, he's got his arms on both sides of the barrel, and he's stomping down on it. And um, I just, as a, as just for a laugh, I started rolling him around the the place in the barrel. Right. At which point our manager came in and saw us doing that. She's like, what the fuck are you doing? And I was like, oh shit, hide. And I kicked the barrel and dove into the office. But I kicked it too low, and so it went out from under him, and it threw him and the trash just out on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and you know she was she was okay friends with us and so she she like closed the door and she's like you guys are such fucking dumb asses and so we, we cleaned everything up you know and everything like this this was nowhere near the food for people who were panicking this was just like this was over in the back where we keep the trash and stuff it was a very clean yeah. kitchen but yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's actually one I haven't heard before. I thought I'd heard all your stories, honestly. No, I've, I've got a, I've got a bunch of. That's kind of why I wanted to try this method of like, just give me a word or topic, because I, mm. a lot of the times, like, I, I don't remember uh, a story until like something reminds me of it, and then, I, then I'm like, oh yeah, this happened. So hang on, so it was like there was a, a rubbish bin. Yeah. And he was jumping on top. Why was he jumping on top of it? Because we had to crush it. Like it was, it was packed with a oh, bunch of stuff. It, right. Yeah, yeah. We had to, he was trying to crush it all down so that we could take it out and throw it in, in the back. Um, so rather than do two trips, you decided. Yes. Yeah. Basically, okay. it was it was born out of laziness and boredom, um, <laughs> and so. He, but it it's but it's on wheels. It's a rubbish bin on wheels. Right. Which is why when I kicked it, it the bottom rolled out from under it and it flipped on him. Jeez. Oof. Okay. Uh, uh, you ready for your second? I'm ready. All right. The second category is mistaken identity. Mistaken identity. Yeah. Oh shit! This is actually one I'm. I might have trouble with. Um, I think I, I'm gonna have to call Uncle on that one. I can think of one. It's not a very interesting story. Um, okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. Pass. I, I fail on that one. Okay. <laughs> Should we score these? Uh. Oh, I feel like yeah. Maybe. I mean, so I, you're currently... I'm, it's 1-1 one, one at the moment. Yeah, I'm 1-1. One, one. I've gotten one. I've been stumped on the other one. Okay, your third one. I thought that would be quite an easy one. Third yeah. one. Alright. This could be an easy one. Yeah. Dungeons and Dragons shenanigans. Outside of the game. Oh, outside of the game. Outside of the game. Okay. Um, so, uh, a few years back i used to go up uh so i fr uh my friend kevin not my cousin kevin mm. lived up in like northern new hampshire or middle new hampshire 
Anyway, so we'd go up there and we'd do like a day-long D&D session. We'd do it like once every month or once every other month. It was infrequent because, you know, we're all working very busy. We had to find a day that we could all go up there and do it. And so, you know, him and his, um, at the time, girlfriend, uh, she, they're married now, would, would cook. And then we'd, we'd, have, we'd have food and we'd have games and snacks and beer and, you know, play all day. Every mm. single time that we went up there, we, me and my friend Will would would purposely run into each other's cars. What, like drive your car into the other person's car? Yes. But but not like Jesus. not to damage it, but like so. Essentially, it was always whoever Set got the there last. Around, so, um, like my friend Jess, Jesse would get there. And then um, Will would pull up as close to the bumper of Jesse's car as possible. like <laughs> So Jesse could get out because he's in front. And then yeah. I would get there and I'd pull up as close as I could to Will's car. And usually I'd just run into it. Um, and so Will's car is stuck in the middle like with zero space to leave. And then if I got there second, then I would do it and he'd do it to me. Yeah. And so every single time... One of us would have our cars trapped, so we couldn't leave until the other person left. Oh my god! And you'd know the last person arrived because the car alarms would go off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> every single time, I have a bunch of pictures from back then, and the cars are just wedged into each other. So not related Jesus. to D and D, but it was a D and D tradition. Yeah, that's that's cool. That's fun. Holy shit! Uh, oh fuck! I had one, and I've forgotten it while I was listening to that story. <laughs> Um. Waffle. Hmm. Waffle. Um. Yeah. God. Now you see, this is why I had you give me topics because when you tell me Fuck talk it. about anything, a theme about waffles, go. <laughs> okay. Do pancakes count? Sure. Big okay. goods. So, we used to um go to. Wait, is this the one I'm thinking of? Oh, yeah. So, back in college, I, I still have one of these cell phones, but it's kind of shittier. I had a, a flip phone, one of those, like, uh, Casio, like, indestructible, like, phones. Yeah. So, you throw it into stuff. Yeah. I, I remember we went to an I this was a college trip. There was an IHOP a few miles away from where our college was, and we, we went there middle of the night one time because it was open, like, to crazy hours, and I had just gotten this phone. And just without telling anyone or talking to anyone, I had just, like, dropped to the phone in my glass of water. And, right. um, like, no one noticed. I Like, I was just drinking out of the cup, you know, no, nothing happened. And, um, one of my, just one of my friends, I was, like, kind of disappointed that no one saw me do it. And so I asked one of my friends, like, hey, can you call me? I can't find my cell phone. And then as I'm just drinking out of the cup, the whole cup starts vibrating and lighting up. And everyone sees it. And it's like, <laughs> Yeah, not not a not a particularly interesting story. I don't have a lot of waffle stories. Okay. Uh, okay, right. Uh, drunken experiences. At a uh, so when I was just was just after college, um, a bunch of my friends, you know, big nerds, used to go to anime conventions, and a few of them actually had panels at these conventions and stuff. And a lot of the time, like, when we didn't have anything to do in particular, you know, it'd be just a party. Drink and do whatever. I had made this joke costume out of the anime Ghost in the Shell. 
Mm. You know, Ghost in the Shell, it's, it's about, like, cybernetic bodies and... You know, the ghost in the shell is like, does the human consciousness really live on? Does it have a soul? Stuff like that. I had made a joke costume that was just a sheet, right? With a turtle shell. And I called it the ghost in the shell. It was just it was a stupid joke. But, you know, I also made the decision to fill the shell with concrete. So I could fall back on my back and like spin around on the shell and stuff. And I embedded speakers into the concrete so it, it would play music and stuff. It was it was an elaborate costume, but very elaborate. I, I I'd been drinking a bit and I was exhausted from carrying around this forty pound turtle shell on my back, and so I was kind of like dozing off in the elevator as we're going back up to the hotel room at the end of the night. And this one kid behind me was just like just talking shit, like. I don't even remember what he said, but he was basically just, you know, talking shit at me. And my friend Will just gently pushes me, seeing me kind of like dozing off. And I lean back and I fall into the guy. And so now he's pinned against the back of an elevator, like under this 40 pound turtle shell. Jesus. <laughs> and, you know, and then they. By the way, because I fell on my back in the thing and I used, like, crappy concrete, I was dripping, like, concrete all throughout the hotel, oh. all throughout the... Con like, not, not like, liquid concrete, but, like, you know, bits of stone. Oh, I was yeah. I was essentially, like, shitting That's gravel the throughout the entire convention. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so there. <laughs> Drunken shenanigans. Bam. Uh, okay. Oh, fuck. Again, it was nothing where I, I, got, I got something in my mind, and I listened to the story, and I forget what I was thinking. <laughs> Um, sure. uh, card games. This is sort of related. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, Juan, Raymond, and I used to go on these trips up to New Hampshire to do hiking. Um, and we would essentially, a bunch of uh, friends, we would rent a cabin or a house or something like that, go out into the forest, hike, and then we'd go back to the, the house and, like, barbecue and play cards and do whatever we it was a tradition that we would play poker at night we do five dollar poker which means like you put in five bucks and like you know a penny is like a dollar and like yeah. you know so essentially we were gambling so there was there was a little bit of stakes but it wasn't so much that people were going to get angry no now we kept playing and the thing is juan would, would be winning juan's wife kept losing and losing badly. <laughs> and so she's she's like, oh, I want to buy back in. You know, I want to keep playing. I want to keep playing. And so he's like, fine, fine. And he gave her like two bucks. And she, you had, we had a $2 rebuy. She, she, she bought back in, lost all her money, bought back in, lost all her money. And he's like, I'm not giving you any more money. Like, you're done. You're <laughs> cut off. She ran upstairs, got his wallet, took more money out of it, and then oh bought back God. in. And of course, you know, we could have like told her to stop, but we found it funny that his, his wife was robbing him to keep playing poker. Um, I think Juan was he aware? Yeah, of course he was aware. He was sitting right next to her. Yeah, I know, but he might not have known where he got, she got the money. From. No, no, she knew. He knew. He knew. Okay. <laughs> he, he's like he was asking her because she he knew that she didn't have any money on her, like she hadn't brought her purse, or she had left it in the car or something like that. And so he knew that it came from his wallet. Um, no, it was just hilarious. Ooh. And I think Juan actually, he won the poker game, but he ended up losing money because losing of money, her. Yeah. Because <laughs> she lost like 12 bucks. Jesus. 
and him having won only won like eight. Yeah, because <laughs> we didn't we didn't play till the like the game just ended and until it was like once we got down to a certain number of players we just called it and people walked away with what they had. Um, hmm. So Juan only took like something like seventy percent of the pot, which was like eight bucks. Gotcha. <laughs> anyway, uh, your college radio show. Oh, so this this wasn't actually mine. Um, this was, one of my friends did a. I guess now it would have been considered a podcast, but it was like internet radio at the time, and they did this. Um, it was called uh, "What's New in Animu." That's <laughs> what they called it. It was it was like a, a nerdy like anime and video game related um, podcast like thing that went out live. Yeah, and I, I usually would like you know sit around with a recording and listen in, and occasion I started doing segments on it just as like a guest appearance. And one of the ones that we did, one of my friends uh, will, and this is probably one of the more racy things I'm going to say on the podcast. He had a a segment called Masturbate Theater, where he right. he would renew anime adult entertainment let's say yeah and it's a a, so that you don't have to kind of thing yeah it's a pun on masterpiece theater obviously and i did a segment on it talking about uh a particularly famous um uh piece of this (laughs) this, this, are you sure this is something you want to say i don't i don't know i could i just made a joke about it and i I essentially did this this irish act maybe i shouldn't talk about this actually (laughs) but the the series is called Bible Black. It's a particularly oh, yeah, inf- yeah, yeah, yeah. infamous okay. piece um, yeah. of of entertainment in this this genre, and I did the segment in this horrendous Irish accent, um, <laughs> pretending to be like a, a devout Catholic, and okay. um, and it's just yeah, there's lots of fishing and tacos. Yeah, it's just like yeah. you know, I I went into this thinking I would see something that was true to the faith, but. Oh, they got all these horrible, awful things, and then I realized, twas the Protestant Bible they was talking about. <laughs> that was, that yeah, was I remember this. That was the punchline of it, and it fucking killed. Like, oh my god, uh, it was a solid five minutes where people were just laughing. I, I'm still proud of that joke because the lead up to it was so excellent. good. I'm not proud of oh the accent god. though. Okay. <laughs> oh, um. All right, you ready for the next one? I am ready. After that abysmal display of your history. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, hey, you're ooh. part of a, a video on this channel where you played Max Gentleman. Yeah, which is completely legit. There was nothing <laughs> naughty in that at all. <laughs> which we need to make a second episode of that, by the <laughs> We do, we do, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, political correctness. Oh god. Um <laughs> I don't think I can tell a story in this category that we can put on YouTube. Okay. Um l- let me just Cuz it will not be politically correct is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. And YouTube is is very keen on being politically correct. Um okay. Well, actually uh, the, my problem is I can probably tell I can't really tell a story about me. Can you euphemize it? Sort of. Um Um okay. One time at college, I'm not going to use any names too. We were yeah, all yeah, eating. Right. We were all eating dinner, and yeah. one of my friends who liked um, 
Ooh, God, how do I put this? So, there, you know, there was a table of one particular race um, sitting very near us. Okay. And one of my other friends who was not of that race or of my race um, decided he was going to shout a, uh, a cheer of pride for my race while sitting next to that <laughs> table. Right. Uh, that's the best. That, that, I think that's the most. What YouTube, happened to him? Um, he got a lot of. Well, no. The thing is, he got no dirty looks because they assumed it was one of us that said it. <laughs> we got a lot of very dirty looks. That's just like you piece of shit. Um, okay. yeah, that's. I think that's probably the best way I can euphemize it. All right. Without All right. using. Oh, uh, home improvement. Home improvement. Um, yeah. I can already think of one from you. Yeah. Okay. Well, this this one isn't necessarily home improvement, um, but it's it's kind of home maintenance. Um, yeah, that's kind of what I was going for. <laughs> so I, <laughs> one one April, I was home visiting my parents, and Massachusetts, we get crazy weird weather like sometimes it snows all the way into april or may mm -hmm. um sometimes it's tropical in march <laughs> like it, you never know what you're gonna get in this this part of the world it had dropped like two feet of snow and it was like wet heavy snow and they were worried it was gonna stick and like to the garage roof and so rather than use like one of those snow rakes because we didn't own one or get a ladder or something. I climbed out of one of the bedroom windows onto the garage and was just shovel I was up standing on the garage roof just shoveling snow off. And right. it's like, well, you know, if I fall off, I'm gonna fall into snow, so it's not gonna be that bad. Um I didn't fall, but there's there's plenty of pictures of me like just on the roof shovel as if I was shoveling a driveway. Yeah. Was that the story you were thinking of? What were you thinking of? No. I was thinking about your toilet incident. Oh, like when it started flooding? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, so that, that's something that happened here. The, the seal on the bottom of my toilet failed, and so it just started seeping water out into the bathroom from the bottom of the toilet. And it wasn't like... Wasn't it because of someone else? In your oh, oh, you're talking about that. So I've had multiple plumbing issues yeah. in this condo. <laughs> so the, the, there was the time where the toilet wasn't flushing, it was clogged, all the drains were clogged. I had to get somebody to come in and look at it. And it turned out, you know, I didn't have to pay for it because it was outside of my unit because I'm in a, a condo complex. They found in the drain, like, a big chunk of frozen tampons. Yeah. And Ugh. I'm, like, because I had the, the, the supervisor for the, or the super for the condo in there. And I was like, so this clearly isn't me. <laughs> <laughs> No! <laughs> like, I'm clearly not the one that caused this problem. Standing there with your thick beard. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure that I am not the person who, who flushed a bunch of tampons down and then they got frozen the pipes. Oh my god. Yeah, no, I'd completely... You're, you're right, that, that, was, that would have been a very good story. I didn't think of that one, though. <laughs> uh, okay, hmm. Uh, gardening or other nature outdoor activities. Okay. Um, back when 
I was in, I would have been very, very young, like elementary or middle school age. Um, so like somewhere between the ages of five and 10, uh, we, we had a big garden out back and, um, in our backyard. This is a really shitty story. <laughs> just, is it? Do you, it want is, a, do you want a mulligan? It, I think I might have to mulligan this one. If we're keeping score, I think this is what the the second or third one that I got. No, this is the second one that oh, I yeah. just didn't. I don't Much like in the quiz. I'm not actually keeping score. <laughs> so whose line is it anyway? Rules. Uh, the points don't matter. Um, oh, oh man, I love whose line is it anyway. Yeah, God, I love that show. Yeah, I didn't know about it until like a year ago, and I watched like all the episodes. Oh, from like I used the nineties. I used to watch the. Uh, I used to watch it so much. Like, because there's a U.S. version and a British version. Um, the U.S. Is version, there? yeah, yeah. I've only seen the U.S. version. I think there's a British version too. Um, I'm not positive though. But the U.S. the one with Drew Carey and all them that was that was really good. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. That's the only one I've seen. Um. But yeah, the gardening story, yeah, there's not much. I did do, like, I like working outside. I did have some some gardening stories. But the ones I can think of are either just um, boring or depressing. Oh, depressing gardening? I can't imagine. Um, Yeah, I'll tell you after the podcast. I don't really want to mention okay. it here. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, ooh, okay. Ba, 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 ba. Trash talk. <laughs> Surely you've got some good ones. <laughs> yep. Oh my god. Um, so oh, much choice. I know that's that's the problem. There there is quite a bit of choice. So I'll, I'll while I'm thinking, like in the back of my head, just one quick story. And on League of Legends, like they actually they'll ban you for toxic kind of trash talk, or just tr not even toxic, just trash talk in general. I doubt it stops many people. It doesn't at all. It's still an extremely toxic game. And honestly, I've never been banned for trash talk in that game, and I've said some vile shit. Like like nothing nothing like truly hateful, but I've like just like, oh, you know, fucking go burn in a pit and die, you piece of shit, dick sucking motherfucker. Yeah, some Jeremy Clarkson. <clears throat> stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um Okay. In fact, maybe not Astro. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, I don't know. Um, so back in the Halo days, this was probably the peak of trash talk. Um, but I'm not going to use something that like is sweary. This was a very, very creative. And I'm, I'm categorizing it as trash talk because we were essentially like flooding the microphone, fucking with someone else. Right. Um, so uh, my friend George's birthday. We decided to all get together and play an eight eight man game of Halo. Mm -hmm. um, like this was online, and there was a game type mode called Big Team Battle. It was eight on eight, so we had eight of our friends on one side, and we we start playing, capture the flag, and we get to, Halo Two had what was called proximity voice, and there was no option to go into a private party or something like that. You you had the voice chat on, yeah, and so if you got close enough, you could hear everything. So. You you talk to people and you could hear your opponents talking if they got close enough. So you had to like be aware of that when you were talking. So it, it actually behooved you to be kind of quiet as you were getting closer. Yeah. I really loved it. It's something that now with party chat and Discord and everything you can't really do. What we did, you get it on some games still, like um, Blazing Sales. That little uh, yeah yeah Blazing. That that's everything. true. That one had it too. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so knowing this, they were all camped in their base. 
and we needed to get in to get the flag. So all eight of us had kind of surrounded and were getting close. And once we got in range of the the proximity voice chat, we all started singing happy birthday to him as loud as we possibly could. Right. So they could not communicate. We could hear them trying to shout over us so they could hear each other, but they could not communicate at all. And we oh we had all discussed the plan ahead of time, so we all knew what we were doing in the base, and we, we got in, we won the game, but we flooded their voice chat with happy birthday, <laughs> and they couldn't, they couldn't talk to each other. Oh my god. The, the, the example that came to my mind first was um, predominantly you, but also me and Scott doing the Godfather voice. Oh yeah. Recently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a video on the YouTube channel, The Godfather of Valorant. Um, there was this kid who, like, he sounded like he had been smoking since he was eight months old. Like, he had the, hey! And so we, we did the Godfather voice to him. Just like, hey, kid, you're gonna rule this city one day. You gotta believe in yourself. Don't let anyone call you a bitch. It was so good. Oh, it was. I think that got quite a lot of views as well. It did, yeah. <laughs> no, that, that video actually, like, spread around quite a bit. Like, yeah. it was one of my most viewed videos in, like, in recent time. Yeah. Uh, okay. Hmm. <laughs> uh, ooh, uh, clans slash guilds. Clans slash guilds. Okay. So, again, going back to Halo 2, they, they had a clan system. And we had a joke clan. So we all, we a lot of us had alternate accounts, and some of us had main accounts. We never took had like a serious clan or guild. Um, but the one we took the most seriously, uh, we called it the digits. And so whenever we played a game with the digits, we all had to change our icons to be a number. And there were legit rivalries and fights over different numbers in that that guild. Like, now I want to be zero. No, I want to. I want five. You know, I want like that sort of stuff. Yeah. And um, we actually took that clan pretty far. We'd, we'd only play, like, 8v8s, the, uh, the big team battles with the clan. And we, we had a pretty big turnout for the digits. I, I got into a particularly uh, intense rivalry with one of our, our other players over the, uh, the number 5. Because five's my favorite number. Mm. And um, I think we ended up, like, dueling over it in Halo to get the number. And hmm. um, I lost. He he ended up with the number five. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I was quite sad about that. I think I got what what number did I? I got nine or something like that. Oof, oof. <laughs> yeah, I know. There, there wasn't any sort of ranking. It was just whichever number you liked best. Yeah, I did like like maybe I don't know seven because it's such an asshole number. It's like prime number. One of our <laughs> seven is an asshole. That's the best way I've. Ever heard it described? <laughs> um, it really is. But if you get seven in the sun, you're like, oh crap, this is gonna be a nightmare to work out. Yeah, <laughs> no. One of one of my friends had seven. I think JJ had zero. I'm surprised how many people's number I still remember from that clan. Right. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> clan Next shenanigans. One? Yeah, go on. Okay. Uh, oof. Miscommunicated, like uh, accents, that kind of thing. Miscommunicated accents. Yeah. So, like, uh, you know, when you go into a store and there's someone who's got such a thick accent that you don't understand what the hell you're they're saying, and so you might like do something differently. 
I'm uh, not sure. Nothing? I'm not sure I have any stories about this. Like, oh, okay. I'm usually pretty good about understanding what people are saying in yeah, so you, even with you the, did, you did were brought up along around a lot of different accents, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the U.S. is kind of has like, in general, we we've got a lot of people from everywhere, especially in the coastal areas. So, I've okay. yeah, I've I've always been around a lot of different accents, so I haven't really had any experiences with that hmm. at least none none that none that are memorable what about uh package deliveries okay so my first apartment after college they had a mail room the problem is the mail room was only open from nine to five every day so they'd sign for big packages and stuff the problem is i had an hour and a half commute and i worked more than eight hours a day so I had to leave before 6, and I didn't get home until after 7. So I could never pick up packages except on the weekend. Now, the problem I had... So I, I got into many like phone arguments with people like, I'm literally like 10 minutes away. Please just don't lock the door for another 5 minutes. <laughs> and they, they'd tell me no, and I'd, I'd get very angry and stuff like that. That was a very stressful time in my life. Anyway... Uh -huh. One package I got, so I got the collector's edition for um, Titanfall 1, which came with a, like a full-size statue, not full-size, a scale statue of one of the Titans, right? The, the big-ass mech things. Right, yeah. The, I was going to say full-size, it's like picking your fucking house. <laughs> the box was literally like four by a 4x4 four four cube. It Wait, was four by four what? Uh, oh, sorry, feet. So basically, like a meter. Holy shit! Yeah, it was it was it was a little a little more than a meter cubed, and so I and it was it was heavy, and I'm like I I don't want to like walk across the entire complex to get this back to my condo or my apartment, and so what I did was I drove my car over there, but it wouldn't fit in my car. Yeah. So I put it on the hood of my car. And then very slowly, with my head sticking out of the window, drove it back to my unit. Oh my god. I would have just unpacked it and put it in the boot. It probably would have been easier. I, <laughs> I, I will admit that I probably did that more to say that I did that than anything right, else. Right, okay. Yeah. I get you. It's more of a story then, isn't it, I suppose. It, quite, it, quite it, there's a reason that I, I kind of liked the idea of this, uh, trying out this segment, uh, because there's quite a few things in my life that I'm pretty sure I just did them so I'd have a story. Yeah. I see. Uh, hmm. I think one last one to wrap it up, maybe. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. We're coming up on the end. We're at an hour 50 for the podcast. Hmm. Uh, oof. Better make it a good one. Uh, a lot of pressure on this one. Yeah. Ooh. Mm. <clears throat> I want to say, like, a rave slash club experience. But I don't actually know if you've been to a club. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been out to clubs before. Uh, nothing, like, too spectacular. I went, I went to a club one time with this girl I was dating. It wasn't too, um, too spectacular, but... Every anime convention I, I went to had raves. Really? 
they, well, not raves, but they'd have a dance. And a lot of the times that at the time I was going, it would be like uh, like a they'd have a DJ, and it would be that kind of like EDM club music. That must be terrible because like everyone's dressed up for those things. Yeah, well, why do you think I, I did one with the turtle shell? I was spinning around on the dance floor. Um, that's, that's true. And Maybe we, it's more of an American thing, because obviously in England we're very... Yeah. ...keep to ourselves kind of thing. I mean, we still, like, enjoy clubs and stuff, but it's very much an after-dark thing with just students. Interesting. Yeah, they, it's, it's not some... I mean, you see older people going to clubs all the time. Like, when I say older, I mean, like, in their 20s. Once you pass 30, you're kind of a... A little old to be at the club, you know. Hmm. I, that was what, sorry. No, like, honestly, let's just let's let's go with this because I think I can I can get some of it. But say what you're going to say. I was just going to say there was one time I went to a club and it's it was someone's birthday, so they had like some special club thing set up. This is when I was about nineteen, and uh, it was like in the, the the back room of a club, so it was like a second private area. Yeah, but the place that we walked through to get there. There were, it, like, the youngest person must have been about 40. Jesus Christ. Um, so it was like their own little, um, little, like, uh, not not OAP, but, like, older person's um, club. And it was playing, like, 90s music and stuff. Which yeah. was really good, because I fucking love 90s music. Yeah. <laughs> My thing is, like... I was kind of like, a little bit jealous, to be honest. <laughs> when, when I dance, like... Because I, I, I do... I, I like to, like, um... I do like to dance. Like when I'm mm. when I'm when I'm out on the night and I'm you know I'm, I'm with people. I like I like to dance, but I I like to dance to like hip hop and stuff like that. Like something with like mm. a, like a beat to it. I went to a club. The the club I mentioned earlier. I went to with the girl. Like she. It was like they're playing like metal and rock music, and I'm like, how the fuck do I dance to this? I don't know how to dance to this. Yeah, you just like head bash and run into people. I think for that I, kind of stuff. Yeah, I get. It just didn't make any so sense. It's not to me. my thing. No. Anyway, but the story I was thinking of, I did think of one for a uh, a club story. Mm. Um, there was an anime convention we went to. It was actually um, we got invited to actually do a panel at this this convention. It was oh. way way out on the uh, the Massachusetts. If you ever looked at my state, has a hook on the end of it, and if you go down that hook, it gets more and more and more narrow, and to the point where you get to the end, you can see the ocean on both sides of you. Um, a lot of beautiful beaches. Was this, and, sorry, was this as part of um, the 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 radio animu? It it was related to that. It was the same people. We we did two different um, things, and that was one of them. But so we we went, and this was the first time we had a panel to ourselves, and we we did the thing, and I had that giant crown that I've worn on the podcast before. Yeah, um, the crown. So, but one of my friends who was an amateur DJ, he actually was DJing the dance during this convention now it was an it was an over 21 convention so they did allow drinking at the convention mm. one of my friends uh did not pace himself properly and was bombed by like eight o'clock and he was supposed to be emceeing for the dj he was supposed to be in there like um you know he was gonna have the mic and he was gonna be like you know just and we're bringing in the legend blah blah, blah that sort of thing yeah yeah and so up the crowd. I, I was I was, you know, hanging out with him trying to make sure he didn't like wander off or anything, and um he suddenly realized he was supposed to be doing this and he was just no, I gotta do that, I gotta do this. And so he went in there and you know, the the my friend had almost 
started the the dance already, but he was just like, "Now I, I gotta I gotta introduce you." The introductions had already been done, so he gets the mic, and we just decide to let him go. Let's see what happens. And he picks up the mic and just he shouts complete fucking gibberish into the mic, and then at the end, all he says is. And I'm Charlie Brown! And then he just starts doing the Charlie Brown dance. You know, the shuffle your feet with your head down on the dance floor. <laughs> it was the stupidest fucking thing. Oh my god. Oh my god. And he, he ended up uh, sleeping in the bathtub in our hotel room, if I remember right. Um, nice. That's the best place for a drunk person. Yeah. <laughs> like They can't really make, like, destroy anything or vomit over anything in there yeah well and if he needs to vomit the toilet's right there <laughs> but yeah oh that was that was a funny that was a funny weekend yeah. I, I had a lot of fun that weekend uh i will just say that um that that 90s dance uh club that i went to yeah i came from home from that with glitter all down my face <laughs> glitter is <laughs> glitter you, you can't get rid of glitter it's, it's like, a fucking nightmare. It really is. I remember it's when... like blue and silver sparkly. <laughs> Sorry, you just made me think of one more story. It's the last story and then we'll end off here. I'm having too much fun with this. Okay. Um, Juan one time dated uh, this girl and she had like... Um, some of the makeup that she was wearing had glitter on it. Or maybe like some something she was wearing had glitter on it. Oh no. And months... After he'd broken up with this girl, he was still finding glitter on his coat. Like, oh, okay. I thought I was going to go at a very different angle. Oh no, 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 no. It was, it was, it was not. It was, it wasn't serious. He, he only dated her for a little bit, but yeah. you know, they, you know, the, the glitter had gotten onto his coat, and he could not get rid of all of it. Like Jeez. for for months and months afterwards, he was still finding glitter. He went over it with like a lint roller like fifty times, trying to get it out of his coat. <laughs> it was just still there. Oh my god! Oh god! Okay, that that was. Uh, what, what did you think of that segment? Just before we end off. Well, okay. First of all, I was slightly dubious when we started because, like, there's only so many stories a man can have, and yeah, there were a couple of topics which you weren't sure on. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I'm surprised we got that much of it. I've. I think we can do it again, but I don't know how many times we can do it again, because it's, we went over a lot of stories. Oh yeah, it's definitely something that I, I will, if not exhaust my list of stories, I will exhaust like the stories I can tell for a given topic. Uh, yeah, because there was certainly, uh, that was nothing, certain stories cannot be told on the podcast. That is the other, <laughs> that is the other issue. Um, but, um, you know, yeah. you people listening, you know, Tell us, what did you think of this segment? Should we try it again sometime? Or, you know, tweak yeah. it a little bit? This could be an occasional thing we roll out every now and again. I mean, there are, there are stories of yours that I've heard literally ten times. <laughs> My favorite... <laughs> so I was thinking, maybe it's going to be a lot of that. But honestly, most of these I've never heard. Yeah. My, my favorite ones, the ones I, I definitely have the fondest memories over, I've told repeatedly. Yeah. Um, to friends and family and stuff, but I, I I did make an effort this time to try and pull stories that I hadn't talked to you in particular about before. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, there we go. Origin stories of Kaiser. Yeah, that's right. My hero's Oof. journey. Yeah. <laughs> We're now going right. to be selling them in loot boxes. Uh, five oh, five dollars a story. <laughs> Dear God. Uh, monetization. Yep. 
All right, let's go. Let's end it there. This is going to be the end of episode 36 of the TMCJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and hopefully you'll tune in again soon. Have a great week. <laughs>